everyone. I'm Kate Wheeler in studio with Christine Bentley, and you are listening to What She Said right here on 105.9 The Region. So thank you for tuning in. We're kicking off the show today talking to Tina Tarantian. She's a branch manager and senior wealth advisor at Asante Wealth Management, and they've just launched a charitable giving program. Now, that allows people to incorporate philanthropic giving into their overall wealth plan. She specializes in philanthropic tax planning, and she says she saved her clients millions Millions of dollars in taxes over the years. A big portion of those tax savings have been redirected to charities, and that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Vaughn Local and Regional Councillor Sundar Singh will be here to talk about the importance of diversity in municipal politics, not only in ethnic and cultural backgrounds, but also in gender. With the municipal election coming up on October 22nd, this is certainly mm-hmm. an important conversation. Film critic Ann Brody is talking to Simon Pegg from Mission Impossible, which is out now. And we're also going to have a chat with Tracy Nestle from Kobo about her elevated beach reads. <laughs> we're also going to talk to Christina Byzance, uh, the CEO of Chats, a not-for-profit organization that currently supports more than 8,300 York Region and South Simcoe seniors and caregivers each year. And singing us out in our live studio sessions today, we have Canadian R&B soul artist Tem performing his new single, Dynamite. Yeah, and, and, and Tammy was um, quite a one for the ladies. Yes. <laughs> anyway, don't forget we're giving away free double passes to advance screenings of Dog Days uh, in Toronto, Vancouver, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Victoria, Halifax, Calgary, and Edmonton, thanks to Elevation Pictures. So if you have friends in any of those cities, let them know, uh, because Dog Days is a hilarious and heartfelt ensemble comedy. It follows the lives of multiple dog owners and their beloved fluffy pals around sunny L.A. So make sure you go to whatshesaidtalk.com and click on contests and you can enter for the exclusive advance screenings. And make sure to join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. on Facebook Live where we give away prizes and tell you who's coming up on the weekend shows. And, of course, there is our Apple podcast, which we are going to start doing some curated podcast theme shows, Christine. So if you Mm -hmm. want to know about travel, fitness, nutrition, or just hear some of the excellent one-on-one interviews, you'll be able to download them all for free. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. This is 1059 The Region. What she Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Asante Wealth Management has launched its charitable giving program, which allows clients to incorporate philanthropic giving into their overall wealth plan. Joining us now to tell us more is Tina Tarantian, branch manager and senior wealth advisor at Asante. Welcome back to what she said. Hi, Christine. Great to be back here. So whether they wish to support the arts, conserve natural resources, advance medical research, or help the world's underprivileged children, the program provides a simple and tax-efficient solution to help clients achieve their goals. So tell us more. Um, 
You kind of distilled it. Um, the fact is, I personally have been helping my clients for years with their philanthropy, philanthropic tax planning, trying to get more strategic with their philanthropy. And I'm thrilled that Asante has introduced our own charitable giving program, which provides donor-advised funds as a vehicle for people to be more strategic about their philanthropy. It is a very flexible and cost-effective method of giving for people who want to control the timing of their giving because you can get your receipt right away, but you don't need to donate the funds to the charities immediately. You could do it over time. Uh, some people sell their businesses. They have big tax problems and they're philanthropic, so they need the tax receipt that particular year, but they may not want to give a lump sum to one or even a few charities because of the amount of money involved, or maybe they're undecided. So a donor advice fund gives them that flexibility of getting the receipt, solving their tax issues, but taking time and thinking it, working with the charities, and making their donations over time. You, well, you know, I mean, I, I, I think this sounds like a very complicated thing to have designed. So congrats mm -hmm. to you. Um, and and if I'm a client and I and I walk in, so what is my interview with you going to be like if this is what I want to do? Okay. So first of all, it may sound complicated, but actually it is an effort to make giving a lot easier. Because in the past, um, people who wanted to give bigger sums of money to charities set up private foundations. Setting up a private foundation involves a lot of administrative, mm -hmm. legal, accounting work. There's compliance with CRA rules. There's audits that have to be done. So it has its own advantages, but there's lots of work and headache involved in running them. With the Donor Advice Fund, we're trying to take all of that burden off the shoulder of the donors and transfer it to the foundation. Benefaction Foundation administers the Asante Charitable Giving Program. So they will do all the legal administrative accounting work so that the donors can focus on what matters most to them, which is making an impact with their philanthropy. So Benefaction is a registered charitable public foundation. foundation. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So, and as you said, that would come at a much substantially lower cost than running a Substantially lower cost and much more streamlined. So they will uh, manage the disbursement of the funds. Uh, the donor will direct them and it's according to the wishes of the donor which charities should be getting the money. Okay, so so where I, I get a little con confused mm -hmm. is is you said that I can get the tax receipt for the year. Yes. But I don't necessarily have to make the donation in the The donation is made to the foundation, so you okay. that's why you get your tax receipt. Right. So you cannot get that money back anymore. But you don't need to give it to the beneficiary charities right away. So you may take three years to disperse that money between the different charities that you want to ultimately direct that money to. Okay. So and then then because you said that you've specialized in, in philanthropic mm -hmm. tax planning and, and have saved your clients millions of dollars in taxes of over the years. Mm -hmm. And then a big portion of these tax savings have been redirected to charities. Um, so are there 
Is this the main way that people can save on their taxes and help their favorite causes at the same no, time? No, this is only one of the only ways. Way? And okay. it, it is a great way for us to engage our clients mm-hmm. more in philanthropy. But there are many different strategies. Um, some of them are pretty simple. It could be donation of stocks, bonds, securities in kind that will... Um, eliminate the capital gains on those securities. It could be changing the beneficiaries on RIFs and RRSPs and life insurance policies. And some strategies are a lot more complicated. And yes. how, how does changing the beneficiary um, impact? Well, to give you an example, if your children are the beneficiary mm-hmm. of your RSP or RIF. So far, mine are. <laughs> <laughs> so the entire amount will be added to the income of the last spouse who dies and will be taxed as income. So there's going to be a huge tax bill, usually 50% or more, um, on the last death. If you name a charity or several charities as the beneficiary of your RSP or RIF, That will be considered a charitable donation by your state, and a charitable donation tax receipt will be issued, which will offset the income taxes that will be payable upon the last death. Except that you're not giving it to your children. (laughs) Uh, Yes, that's true. It goes to charity. But at the end of the day, sometimes it will even out because your children would have ended up with only half that amount. Anyway, half of it would have gone to taxes. and. Because of the tax receipt that your charitable donation generates, uh, yes, the state could be reduced, but it will be reduced a lot less than if you were to give it directly. When I when generation. I hear you know philanthropic donations and tax savings and all that, I think of people with large incomes, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily. Th- this is a good way for for all people to absolutely, do this. absolutely. There are strategies for people with very modest means to make donations during their lifetime and to make significant bequests upon death um, that would benefit the charities that they really support and would enable them to leave a legacy. Mm-hmm. A legacy. Um, is it possible through, through this to set up um, your own scholarship or your own thing or do they have to go go to a specific registry so basically with the donor advice fund you set up your own name donor advice fund one of the advantages also of setting up a donor advice fund versus setting up a private foundation is that a private foundation actually all of the books of the foundation are public everybody will know because all of your financial statements will be posted online and everybody will know exactly who you gave money to and what your strategy is. And as a result, you will get a lot of solicitation from different charities, foundations who Mm -hmm. are looking for grants. Mm -hmm. With a public foundation, it's completely private. So That's funny, isn't it? It's it's, it's the opposite of what it is. Exactly. So it's completely private. You can make it known if you want to be recognized for your donation, you can give the charity the um, you know, authorization to publish your name. But if you want to stay anonymous, you can absolutely do that. And um, it really gives a lot of flexibility to the people who establish it. And you can decide on the causes that you want to give to and set up 
the mission of your charitable um, donor advice fund. Um, and you can even have it continue after you're gone. Do you find, because you've been doing this for, for uh, you know, a, a few years, do you find people are getting more or less charitable? I find that once people are educated about the strategies that are available that allow every Canadian to direct their taxes to charitable donations, to great causes that advance our communities and are important Mm -hmm. and make, you know, the donors have a connection with, the majority of people opt to make a philanthropic and charitable donation. I find that the ones who don't are usually the ones that have no idea. And naturally, we all want our loved ones, whether it's our children, our spouse, our family members, to be the main beneficiaries of our state. And a lot of people think that by naming a charity as beneficiary of their state, they are disinheriting their children or their family, which is farthest from the truth. Because Mm -hmm. if it's done right, you can actually even increase sometimes what you leave for your children and still give to the causes that you support. So where can people find more information about philanthropic tax planning? Um, There are websites available. One of the uh, better ones is Charity Village that has a lot of articles I on meant, philanthropic I, I tax meant more planning. connect with you. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and I have I have written numerous articles um, on these mm-hmm. topics that are available on my uh, personal website, tinateheranchian.com, and on my blog, tinateheranchian.net. So those articles are available there. And uh, I do a series of seminars on income tax reduction and state tax elimination for major charities that have been a great source of educating the public about philanthropic tax planning. So people who are interested, they can contact me and we can let them know about the upcoming seminars. Excellent. Um, Thank you very much for joining us today and telling us all about it. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. We know you're hot, but are you classic or kooky? This weekend, when you buy a chocolate-dipped classic or kooky cone at Chocolat Favori, you'll receive a second of equal or lesser value absolutely free. Check out their newest edition in York Region at Major Mac and Dufferin. Yum. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. 
Immigrating to Canada from India in 1971, Vaughan local and regional councillor Sundar Singh worked hard to achieve the Canadian dream. She earned an Honours Bachelor of Commerce from the University of Windsor and has extensive corporate and non-profit leadership experience supporting women, youth, seniors and newcomers. And she joins us now in studio. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you very much, Kate. Now, you're here today to talk about the importance of diversity in municipal politics. But first of all, the municipal election is October 22nd, and you are a candidate for City of Vaughan Regional Council. Now, if I'm right, the turnout in Vaughan dropped to 30% in 2014, despite an increase of 9% in eligible voters. So how are you going to get people out to vote? How are you going to inspire them? Yeah, um, uh, people to come out to vote is very important. When people go out to vote, the democratic process, uh, if they don't vote, the process becomes distorted. And men go out to vote more than women. Really? Really? I didn't know that. Yes, and the women population is 50%. 100 years ago, the Canadian women, they fought for their rights to vote. And many lives were uh, given up in Europe, all over the world, so that women could have the right to vote. But if we women do not go out to vote, then they cannot be represented. Um, we are all Canadians. Uh, as we have moved to Canada, we have received our citizenship. We mm-hmm. are all Canadians. Mm-hmm. And we have the same needs everywhere. We need family. We need uh, to look after our children, our youth, and our seniors and our communities. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we go out to vote, issues that need addressing, they get addressed. Many people do not know what the regional councillor's role is mm-hmm. in uh, in the city of mm-hmm. Juan. Uh, we look after the, the public services. Um, uh, we look after the clean water, the, the garbage pickup, uh, road maintenance, park maintenance, uh, snow removal, and um, uh, we maintain the community gardens and ensuring that there is shelters in the in the parks where people can come out and uh, be outdoor uh, come you know rain or sunshine so this is our job uh, to to look after you know uh, all of these things not only uh, here in the municipality also we represent the the city of Vaughan in uh, it, along with the nine municipalities at the regional level uh, so looking after the regional roads and uh, the water system a lot of things do overlap but this is what we do and these are the basic needs of the people mm-hmm. uh, who live in the community. A lot yeah. of, I, I think that most people sort of get it in, in the wrong order. They think the federal government comes first when it comes to a relationship with them, when in fact it's local and regional. That's right. We, that it has the most impact on you. Those Absolutely. are the things that affect people every day, yeah. whether the snow is plowed, whether the gardens are maintained, whether... You know, the garbage is picked up. That's Those right. are the things that really... Mm-hmm. So why is it that women who who are so integral to family life uh, are not Getting out there and engaged? voting, yeah. Um, if they don't come out to vote, then their voice is not heard. We, we hear people do complain that the women representation is not enough. But what better way 
to have women representation is to bring women out of their homes to go out to vote if this is what they want. They want uh, the the policies and changes to be made that would impact the communities. And generally, uh, women, uh, uh, these are the, the main issues that uh, they uh, they care for. How is the family looked after? How are the youth looked after? Is the community safe? Um, are the seniors okay? Are the seniors right, active? Right, so where is the disconnect? Because it impacts them more, but they're not coming out to vote. So ha- what can we do to get women to the polls? We can educate them. We can create awareness. We can we can tell them that uh, they their votes impact mm-hmm. the decisions that are being made in the council. So once women come out to vote, their voices are heard more. Okay, but let, let's let's talk about the council because York Region, including the city of Vaughan, is one of the most diverse areas in the country. Almost like forty five percent of the region's population is comprised of immigrants. And we get, what, 10,000 new immigrants arrive every year. That's right. So, and the region adopted an inclusion charter this month. However, you say political representatives on our municipal and regional councils still don't reflect the demographics of the communities. You know, we've talked a little bit about gender, but also ethnic and cultural backgrounds. These people aren't represented. So what's going on there? Okay. Uh, just to mention the uh, the ethnic and the, the cultural backgrounds of the people. Mm-hmm. Once they're in Canada, again, I always uh, reiterate to the people that we are all Canadians and we all mm-hmm. have the same needs. It mm-hmm. is very important. In the region, there are important issues that need to be addressed. If the entire community goes out to vote, men and women, the important issues get addressed automatically. Just as we need to address the issues of the youth, the seniors, the women, uh, they are part of each and every family. It does not matter which country they come from. Mm-hmm. The needs are the same. But, the, but, but it matters that we have more women involved and more women representing Yes, mm-hmm. by bringing women in politics yes. along with men, the point of view changes, the perception changes, the scope changes, issues that we have never addressed and dealt with, they get changed. And that is because women are coming out to vote and they are voicing their opinion. And there's there's very strong evidence that as more women are, are elected, there's an increase in decisions and policy making that emphasize what you were talking about, the quality of life and, mm-hmm. and reflect the priorities of families. So as well as getting people out to vote, we need to get people and, and women to- and women of, of different ethnic backgrounds to run. Absolutely. Absolutely. What inspired you to run? Um I was simply put in that position. I had gone and submitted my nomination, and um, uh, I felt I had done a lot of community work, and mm-hmm. I thought I was a very good fit. I could bring the the knowledge of the community, mm-hmm. the, 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 the direct needs of the community. Um, I could express um, uh, very eloquently in the council. So I decided to come and do a presentation and um, uh, the council was impressed with the presentation. I had been working for over um, 
20, 25 years uh, doing community services, uh, helping youth, helping women uh, in vulnerable, uh, vulnerable situations, um, helping the seniors uh, build their programs, initiated innovative programs for them to, mm-hmm. to help them uh, remain healthy and lead a uh, quality life. I empowered women. And I understood their needs at the, the grassroots level. And this was lacking uh, in the council. And uh, it was welcomed. It was welcomed by by the staff, by the senior staff, um, by the council. And uh, it created um, a balance. It, uh, it created harmony. Um, uh, all the developments that have been taking place, it's very exciting. Uh, we need development because people are moving into one. However, um, we need to ask questions. How does it impact the community? Not just one community. How does it impact all the communities? Do we have a place for the children to play? Mm-hmm. Do we have parks where people can gather? You know, we, we build um, uh, hundreds of homes. But um, is, there, uh, is there a place where uh, people can gather and uh, connect? What would you say to somebody that's considering, to a woman, to uh, a woman of color who's considering taking that step and, and running for politics? What would you say to them? First of all, they have to be, they must believe that they are Canadians. It, mm-hmm. the, we have so many ethnic groups here. You know, we have hundreds. Mm-hmm. And uh, ethnicity visible, my minority person who comes to the council represents all the ethnic groups, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we are Canadians just like just like uh, mm-hmm. everyone else, you know. And this is the way uh, we look at um at, at serving the community. Mm. However, um, saying that, uh, it, it's important that we are sensitive to the cultural needs of the, the community. Exactly, yeah. uh, we, we need to understand that people need to celebrate. You know, they, they need to celebrate food, their clothing, their traditions, their culture. But we have to be sen- sensitive about that. And bringing ethnicity into the council, um, it, it just uh, makes the decisions and policies much richer. So where and more can, inclusive. Yeah, exactly. And absolutely more inclusive. So where can people go to learn more about you and register to vote if they haven't? Um, they can go to my website, sundarsingh.ca, and that's S-U-N, N as in Nancy, D as in David, E-R, sundarsingh.ca. Okay. Uh, they can go to uh, my Facebook uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, they can uh, reach me at my cell number 416-857-2748 or uh, simply email to me vote at sundarsingh.ca. Okay, great. Thank you very much for, for talking to us and good for you for doing everything you're doing. Thank you. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. 
Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. <sighs> Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsandCo.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Tom Cruise is back as Ethan Hunt this weekend in Mission Impossible Fallout. Our film critic Ann Brody caught up with the man who keeps Ethan well-equipped through it all, none other than Simon Pegg, who plays Benji Dunn. Take a listen. Simon, does doing this kind of work, does it uh, sort of increase your awareness of geopolitics? Um, I suppose so. Um, you know, the, the, the kind of things that we're dealing with these, in these movies are always a, a, a faint reflection of, of, of the truth and reality and fears that we are perhaps sitting on as, as people and populations. So it's, uh, it's interesting. These films are kind of set in the real world, which not many blockbusters are. So, yeah, there's a degree of that. Does it frighten you to think that all of this black stuff is going on? Yeah, I mean... You know, you'd hope it's not quite as dire as it is in, in these films, you know. But the, the idea of sort of man-portable nuclear devices is something that we're all a little bit thinking about these days. And um, this just simply puts that up on the screen and, and makes it terrifying. In a very entertaining way. I have to tell you, the third act, I nearly passed out. <laughs> a lot of people are saying that they hold their breath for 20 minutes. <laughs> It's incredible. The action, the movement, the cutting, the fact that that's Tom there. Yeah. You can see quite clearly that it's Flying Tom. Flying the helicopter, yeah. Just unreal. Yeah. So what was the hardest thing that you had to do? Um, I mean, it was there were daily challenges on this. The underwater stuff was challenging just because... Um, I was, you couldn't see that it was me. So a part of me was thinking, I don't have to do this. This could be a stunt man. But I, you know, that's not the way we do things on Mission Impossible. Um, driving the speedboat was fun, but it was a fun challenge, you know. I think the hours, we worked long hours. It was a year shoot. So, um, you know, including Tom's hiatus yes. for his ankle, which was nowhere near as long as it should have been. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, just getting in there for the long haul and, and, and staying positive and staying enthusiastic. It's not difficult. Right. Because, you know, Tom engenders that. I love working with Chris McQuarrie. But um, it's a, it was a long old shoot. And it's, it's such a, a gripping story. You want to tell it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Also, I wonder if you ever had the feeling that, you know, it, it was sort of beyond reality. And yeah. what do you do with that? 
I think, you know, the thing is about these films, this is a pure entertainment film. It, it is ultimately, although it takes place in the real world, not on a different planet and a, a world of, of real superheroes, it's, um, it's still very heightened. It's a heightened reality. Right. And we embrace that. You know, Mission Impossible was always about rubber masks that look, you know, absolutely real and these gadgets. And, you know, there's a great sort of... Uh, far-fetched kind of basis to all this but I think what we've done really well with these movies is own that not make fun of it not sort of look back and think oh how was in the 60s hilarious because of all this kind of you know heightened TV reality. series right yeah it's more like no this is our universe this is where we play this is our sandbox and and that's what Mission Impossible is you know it's it's a it's a popcorn movie which is for adults uh, and uh you the know. thinking man's popcorn film. I think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pure entertainment. And my daughter watched it, who's nine, and she loved it. But it is, it's more sort of, I don't know, it's a more mature kind of fantasy mm -hmm. idea than mm -hmm. Absolutely. other stuff. Absolutely. Uh, a final question. When you have to gear yourselves up for all these incredibly intense scenes, how do you keep that blood boiling? It's not difficult standing next to that guy. Yeah, you know? wow. I mean, he kind of is a blood boiler. That's what I call him, the blood boiler. Uh, he, he always engenders a sense of adventure in all of us. Yeah. You know, we all... Commitment. Yeah. We all, and and he, he, because he leads from the head down, you know, you're always... Um, you always feel like you want to just stay with it and stay up to that level of, uh, of, of commitment that he has because it's 100% all times in all facets of his life and it's quite... Uh, it's quite amazing to behold sometimes. So if you did anything less, you'd feel like you weren't pulling your weight. Right. Well, you great, great result. Great weight pulling. <laughs> great weight pulling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at WhatSheSaidTalk.com. Joining us now is Tracy Nestle, the Vice President of Communications at Rakuten Kobo. And this week, we are going to talk about books that are simply just really great stories. Right, Tracy? I'm calling them elevated beach reading, just so we can feel a lot better about how we're... How <laughs> we're, we're perceived at the beach? Because yeah. one doesn't want to be seen reading Fifty Shades of Grey on the beach. <laughs> or or <laughs> ever. I would, I would imagine that would be great beach yeah. reading. Uh, <laughs> As you're well, watching the... things go by... People doing things. It's sort of distracted. Reading, right? <laughs> anyway, I think what we're talking about is the kind of fiction that sweeps you up, takes you on exactly. a journey, and stays with you long after you finish exactly. the book. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So let's get right into it. The first book I'm suggesting is Warlight by Michael Ondaatje. Now, it's been a while since we've had yeah. an Ondaatje book. And uh, Warlight is his eighth book of prose, and that's an important distinction because he's also a poet. Right. We wouldn't want to have that. No. That's way too esoteric for the beach. <laughs> um, now, Warlight is set in, in terrain that will feel very familiar to people who loved The English Patient. Once again, we're, at, we're in war and all kinds of things unfold. So the story takes place... Um, it kicks off in 1945, mm -hmm. and we meet two young kids, teenagers, um, whose parents have essentially abandoned them to the hands of, just left them with some Dickensian-type criminals. Well, maybe they're criminals. We're not exactly sure. But they're scruffy. They're very scruffy. Okay. And they are sort of, they're in London, and these scruffies take them... Um, through kind of a bit of a tour of the underworld and the and the darker side. But what happens is they discover 
a trunk that they thought their mother had packed when she was leaving them to go live in Singapore. And so she's not in Singapore. Uh-oh. She's Where not in the is trunk, she? is she? <laughs> she's not in the trunk. It's a good start. <laughs> and it turns out that perhaps she was a spy. And then the book takes a turn where um, the protagonist is trying to uncover the truth of his own family. It's very atmospheric. It's, as I say, kind of Dickensian. And it's written in that beautiful Andachi way. The language is just lovely. Okay, great. And the next one you've got is The Death of Mrs. Westaway by Ruth Ware. Ruth Ware. So Ruth Ware has kind of burst on the scene. Mm -hmm. She, um, her first book published was called In a Dark, Dark Wood. And the premise of that was a hen party gone wrong. So how could that happen? (laughs) (laughs) Don't they all go wrong? Um, So it's a bunch of people who are who um, meet up in a beautiful house in the woods. And uh oh, someone is murdered. And someone in the house, obviously, therefore must be a murderer. And how do we figure all this out? So as a result of that, Ruth Ware has been called the modern-day Agatha Christie. Uh, okay. This is very much, the death of Mrs. Westway is very much that kind of a story. So um, in this case, our protagonist, a woman named Harriet Westway, receives a letter. Now, the letter has some good news in it. She's been given a huge inheritance, or it's implied that she has inherited a whole bunch of money. And this is good news for her because she's trying to make ends meet by being a tarot reader. She is not psychic in the least, (laughs) but it's the way that she's making money. And she realizes, well, this isn't actually my family. This has nothing to do with me. It's somebody else named Harriet Westaway. But you know what? I'm going to use my skills as a con artist and see if I can't land this inheritance anyway. So off she goes to the funeral, fakes her way around the funeral, gets invited to the family mansion. Again, one of those Ruth Ware type things. And turns out that maybe she's the one being conned. Ooh, it's like if you can't, it's like when you're playing cards, right? If you can't spot the uh, sucker at the table, it's you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. It's maybe like those um, things on Facebook where you get a message from somebody saying, I want to leave you everything. My lawyer will be in touch. <laughs> and my children say, run! <laughs> run away. I often get a phone call from somebody offering me a really great trip of just one a trip. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. So whenever yeah. the phone rings, I think, oh, there's my trip. Imagine yourself uh, trapped watching a <laughs> condo share movie somewhere in some Mexican resort. Let's talk about The Outsider by Stephen King. So this book starts off like a police procedural. Um, We have a a terrible crime. A young boy has been brutally murdered. And all clues point to the beloved teacher and and baseball coach. Except this is a Stephen King novel. Mm -hmm. He has an impeccable, flawless, like ironclad alibi. The detectives then have to kind of unpick what's going on. And that's when all the Stephen King stuff starts to happen. There's myth and monsters and all kinds of supernatural weirdness. And it's fantastic. 
So a, a page turner, unless you're too scared to, to turn that page. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, he is. Well, well, we, as always, you know, can't wait to see what happens next. And you can find our full list of books. It's up now. And that's, you can go to whatshesaidtalk.com or you can go uh, directly to uh, your Kobo site and go to what she no Kobo. Dot com. dot com slash what she said talk. And that's where our books with buzz list is. So thank you very much, Tracy. Thank you. What she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. We know you're hot, but are you classic or kooky? This weekend, when you buy a chocolate-dipped classic or kooky cone at Chocolat Favori, you'll receive a second of equal or lesser value absolutely free. Check out their newest edition in York Region at Major Mac and Dufferin. Yum. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high-fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com slash TC or call 416-340-7270. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is Christina Bazance, the CEO of CHATS, a not-for-profit organization that currently supports more than 8,300 York Region and South Simcoe seniors and caregivers each and every year. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you, Christine. Thank you so much for making the drive that was horrible with the traffic. It was I, I do understand. <laughs> First of all, tell our listeners what CHATS stands for. CHATS um, stands for Community and Home Assistance to Seniors, hence the, the CHATS. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're an organization that has actually been around for almost 40 years now. And we serve all of York Region and South Simcoe. We're actually the largest community service organization uh, supporting seniors in, in this uh, whole region. Well, your mission is to support the health 
and the well-being of seniors and the caregivers at home and in the community. So how do you do that? Well, really our objective is to provide the kinds of supports that enable seniors to live as independently, safely, and with dignity in their own homes as long as possible. Avoiding hospitalization, avoiding unnecessary emergency room visits, and and also even um, sometimes delaying the admission or necessity to uh, go to long-term care. In order to provide the kind of supports to the seniors and older adults that we serve as clients, we also support the caregivers because it's often the family caregivers Mm. who really shoulder the the burden and become overwhelmed with having to take care of their loved one, whether that's a parent, a spouse, a sibling, or, or even a friend. So by providing support to the caregiver, we can also enable that senior to be able to stay in their own homes. So give us an idea how you would support a caregiver. We have a number of caregiver support programs. Um, We have counseling, one-on-one counseling. We have uh, caregiver workshops, um, group programs. Programs where they can come and uh, have a night out with other people who are experiencing similar challenges or or similar issues with having to care for a loved one, being feeling that that sense of of being overwhelmed. But it gives them a night to come together and just focus on themselves, focus on their own their own health and um, um, psychological, mental well being. But we also have a number of programs that provide what we call respite care. So either providing a personal support worker, what we call a PSW, Mm -hmm. to go into somebody's home and um, uh, care for them, bathe them, get them ready Mm -hmm. for for bed or or up in the morning um, to uh, provide a light meal, some light housekeeping, maybe do some laundry. So again, to give that respite or relief to to the caregiver and also support the senior. We also have a number of uh, programs, adult day programs, where our clients, the seniors, will come to Uh, one of our programs and spend the day with us. They have activity, they're socially engaged, they have a a nutritious meal. And meantime, the caregiver knows that for that day or however many days of the week that uh, the client participates in the adult day program, that the caregiver has a day to themselves either to go to work or maybe to get their own hair and nails done or or right. shopping or whatever that's it's a respite for for the caregiver this is becoming more and more of an issue for us because because the of the seniors population and people are living longer and we have really a sandwich generation we people do. who have mm-hmm. children to look after or still at home and parents and so you uh, you have a basket of services that in, that includes 14 different programs and services in 26 languages. I mean, you have in-home services, home safety services, support for caregivers, transportation mm-hmm. services. So just we've talked about caregiver um, um, support, but let's talk about a couple of the other ones. 
Well, one of our biggest programs, biggest uh, services that we have is our transportation program. And people may have seen our chats vans on the road. Right. Um, we have um, over 20 vehicles on the road, but we also have a number of uh, volunteers who provide drives to seniors. And, you know, you think of the independence and the importance of being able to uh, go to doctor's appointments and not rely on somebody else to be able to take you all the time or perhaps public transportation isn't feasible or available. So by providing transportation services to seniors, they get that sense of independence. They can go to uh, uh, medical appointments, they can go grocery shopping, they can attend programs such as the ones that chats puts on so it's that independence but it's also making sure that people have a way of of getting out of their homes and and being socially engaged so that's that's a big service that we have now let me ask you you work with more than 300 staff members um, more than 500 volunteers Uh, what are those logistics like that's like you know, almost 900 people to service more than 8,000. That's right. And I have to say, without those volunteers, um, they really are the lifeblood of of enabling chats to do as much as we do for over 8,000 people. And through the geography that we serve, I mean, if you think of everything north of Steeles up to Georgina, Pefferlaw in the east and Alliston, uh, uh, New Tecumseh in the west, it's a huge geography and one that is not only very dense in terms of Vaughan, Richmond Hill, Markham, but a very rural community too. So our volunteers with our staff uh, enable us to reach out to so many people. Um, but it is it is demanding. And if any of your listeners have any time that they'd like to volunteer, we certainly encourage them to contact us because we could really, really use that support. So let me ask you, you you've got staff members and volunteers. What does it cost for a senior to get help? Well, it depends on the program. We do have moderate fees for most of our programs. There are a few that are available at no charge to the client, but all of our fees fees are geared to income. And if uh, there's an instance where even a moderate fee is too much for a senior, we have a principle that says we don't turn anybody away. So we have exceptional subsidies in those instances. And that's, that's what our fundraising dollars go towards, to making sure that no senior um, won't have access to a CHATS program because of inability to pay. So does the government not contribute? Are you completely reliant on on the funds that you raise? No, we do receive uh, quite a bit of funding from the government, Mm -hmm. uh, from the Ministry of Health through the Central Local Health Integration Network. But never enough. But it's never enough. And certainly as the the seniors population is increasing so rapidly, and because of people wanting to stay in their homes as long as possible, and that really being the most effective way to support seniors, we do need more resources. And and hopefully that's something that will be recognized in in, uh, due course. How can people access your service? So if if I had a parent that needed help or... Well, they could uh, contact us at uh, 905-713-3373. That's our, our main line. Or they can 
email us at seniorshelp, all one word, at chats.on.ca. So seniorshelp at chats.on.ca. Or, of course, our website, www.chats.on.ca. How much of, uh, uh, is there a waiting list? Some of our programs do have waiting lists, and and they're the ones where a referral from home and community care is required. But many of our programs um, are not not involving a wait list. So if somebody just contacts us, we design a care plan around the needs of the individual. So when somebody calls to to our office, they will be able to uh, have an assessment and see what kind of need they are need they have. So besides volunteering, very quickly, how uh, can people help support chats? Well, certainly any of our fundraisers. We have a golf tournament coming up on uh, September the 10th at Silver Lakes, and it starts at 8.30 in the morning. Uh, Again, information is available on our website. Mm -hmm. Um, That's an important fundraiser for us, and we have other events through the year as well. Well, that's wonderful. Christina Bizance, thank you so much for joining us today, and I hope uh, inspiring people who may have a little bit of time and want to make a difference in their community uh, because everybody's turn will come. <laughs> That's right. And and sometimes it comes a lot faster and more unexpectedly than people people would wish for. So it's good to know in advance about chats. We're here to serve. Thank you so much. For Thank joining. you, Christine. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good to grow high interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. <sighs> Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. Yay! And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. I just want to know your heart is mine. It's just the way she feels. I can't get another your time in my body. Maybe we don't got to rush. You feel the pressure build. And maybe it just ain't the same without you. And I can't let you go. What you're listening to is Dynamite, the brand new single from Canadian R&B soul artist Tammy. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you for having me. Uh, after touring with Ludacris throughout the U.S., you began your solo career and are now working on your debut EP entitled Alternative Soul. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. The um, EP, or the album actually rather, um, now it's, it's the reason it's called Alternative Soul is more so because, um, again, I, I was brought up on soul music, but um, Alternative Soul has given me uh, uh, the ability to not only do soul music, not only do R&B, not R&B music, but expand into things like even um, 
music like alternative, um, even as far as country, um, pop music and things like that, because um, I feel like my story can be told in many different ways. Mm -hmm. And I want uh, to people, people that, that listen to different genres to be able to do that, to, to, to understand and, and get that story as well, too. Wait, I mean, you, you told us earlier your older brothers introduced you to the sounds of Motown yes. and the musical influence of Babyface yes. at a very young age. Yes. So how did you um, how did you what made you decide that this was it for you? Well, my, I mean, you know, when you, everybody is a, is a younger as a younger child, you look up to your older brothers, and they were like the smooth operators. Yeah, you know, they got all the oh, shade, a little shade yeah. got in there. I <laughs> yeah. like that too. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, they got all the ladies, you know. Yeah, so yep. I was like, well, how do I get all the ladies? Too, <laughs> right, I want that. I don't want the ladies. So, but um, then it, I mean, obviously, it it, it grew from there. Um, it grew from there and developed into into something a little different now. And, and me, with me personally, the, the music I'm doing currently now, it's uh, it's it's really it's really real. It's really me, um, and it's not as contrived as as and as bravado forced as it was before. Mm. What does your name mean, Tammy? My name, Tammy. Well, Tammy Tope. Um, it means um, we give thanks. So we give thanks for this child. Oh, mm. that's nice. Yeah. So what's next for you? Uh, what's next is the Alternative Soul EP. Um, I will be uh, releasing that. Uh, looks like the end of. October fourth mm -hmm. quarter somewhere. Okay. Um, as well, it should be going on the road pretty soon as well too. Um, we'll be. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot coming. <laughs> <laughs> so how can people find out? Where can they follow you online and get your music? That kind of stuff. Um, they can find me at a T E M I underscore music. Again, it's T E M I underscore music. Um, they can follow my page or my um, label's page, Rival Music, uh, my mm -hmm. Rival Music Group. And um, there's plenty of updates there as well, too. The Dynamite video actually will be coming very soon as well, too. That's going to mm. be very, very exciting. It's actually less of a music video, more of a short film. Mm -hmm. um, so we're needing, um, we need we need some, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really, really dope. Um, we, we might need some more actors. So if you guys want to. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, sure, uh, we'll be in it. <laughs> We have younger, better-looking friends. <laughs> it's okay. We can do that. Um, thank you so much for joining us today, Tammy. Thank you for having me. Um, now, what she said, we'll be back next weekend at noon right here on 105.9 The Region and singing us out now in our live studio sessions. Here is Tammy performing Dynamite.
Let me be your lover Running through my head till I lose my mind I don't want another, no Feels like the first time every time Oh no, no It's just the way she feels Can't get enough of your touch Baby, we don't gotta rush We feel the pressure build And maybe the same the same without you But I can't let you go And I just can't let you go day or night I want your love all, all right Give me your love We know you're hot, but are you classic or kooky? This weekend, when you buy a chocolate-dipped classic or kooky cone at Chocolat Favori, you'll receive a second of equal or lesser value absolutely free. Check out their newest edition in York Region at Major Mac and Dufferin. Yum. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.